Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Hi, and I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novel review editor of Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Simmons. I'm their podcast producer. And this week on More to Come, uh, the PW uh, the PW Comics World Graphic Novel Critics Poll, Diamonds Pop Souls of 2012, um, Marvel Now, uh, the a new creator-owned imprints, The Return of Tokyo Pop, uh, DC Comics versus Pacific Pictures and, and the heirs of Superman's creators, and the news briefs. But let's really get to what really a topic uh, dear to all of our hearts, uh, the PW Comics World Graphic Novel Critics Poll, the seventh annual yes. Critics Poll. I, and think, I wonder who won this year. Oh, I wonder too. <laughs> I think it was the most predictable winner ever yes, that yes, uh, yes. Chris Ware's Building Stories uh, came out so on top. Awesome. This, is, this is a, uh, you know, our, we have quite a few, uh, on, or more than a dozen critics here at Publishers Weekly and just took their pulse of what they thought was good this year and had a list of over uh, 60 titles. I think there was about 70 titles chosen overall, so uh, really a wide variety. But yes, Chris Ware came out on top and really not too many surprises if you read Publishers Weekly or listen to this podcast because even though Calvin and I even had only one vote, uh, each, or, you know, our own top ten list. It's very much books that we've been talking yes, about but, all yes, along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another, other books that, that uh, many people mentioned, Are You My Mother, the Alison Bechdel book, Daughter of Her Father's Eyes by the Talbots, uh, Saga, uh, Jerusalem, Guy Delisle's book, uh, My Friend Dahmer, a favorite yes. we've mentioned here many times, Sailor Twain. Yes. Uh, and uh, a lot of books by uh, women here with A Wrinkle in Time, Friends with Boys, or Raina Togamar's Drama, uh, the Last Days of an Immortal, uh, it's kind of quirky science fiction book, and uh, the Hypo, and the Now of Brown, uh, the Voyeurs, and WYSIWYG. Again, yes. all books that we all have talked, all, we've talked all about all the time. Lists. We knew WYSIWYG of old uh, exactly, before it got uh, exactly. you know, big publisher. So, uh, you know, no no surprises, but, uh, you know, a pretty awesome list of comics, really. Yeah, and actually, and the, the critics polls really, uh, we, we get a certain number of slots in the PW Best Books uh, of year issue, which we do, but this is our uh, our chance to really kind of bring together all the expertise we have around here, and really give uh, give a, a broad look at the, the books that the, the graphic novels right. we think were really the best. Right, of the year. and um, so there were a lot. I, I honestly, I just, I don't think there's been a better year for comics than 2012. I think it really just busted it's just the bank. a fabulous, fabulous year. Yes, and uh, I've been doing the announcements for our upcoming spring announcements oh. list, and I can tell you that 2013 is shaped up to be pretty amazing as well. So maybe in our next podcast. We can talk about that. We are living in the golden age we of are. comics. Yes. So. And, and, and that's the way su- we like it. Yeah, surprisingly, uh, this excellence uh, of quality was rewarded with uh, higher sales. Diamond's yes. top sales charts yes, for the year came point. out. Although they didn't have actual sales numbers, those will have to wait until our number crunchers uh, go in and figure out what the metrics are. But uh, they listed the top 500 graphic novels and comics, and overall... Um, of figures for the year, and both comics and graphic novels were up uh, 14% for the year over 2011. And that's a pretty strong, especially considering that Borders wasn't around. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Barnes & Noble had a pretty crappy quarter. 
Uh, so, yeah. you know, uh, big box bookstores were not doing well, but comic shops were booming. Um, online sales were also booming, and um, you know it was a it was a, the the good the good quality I think was reflected in the sales. Yeah, and I mean fans aren't dumb. For all of the stereotypical things, critic. Oh no, fans are stupid. They don't understand quality. Just give them more special covers. I think that this sort of is evidence that that's not true. Right. Well, one thing is is true is when they find something they like, they really like it. Yeah. I mean, The Walking Dead. Uh, it the, topped the both top charts, the both the number one comic plotted. with issue one hundred and the number one yeah. graphic novel with uh, Walking Dead volume one. So um, they know what they like, and they they come back for more. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, not really too many surprises on here, but I, uh, the, the the comics list was dominated by Marvel and DC. There was really only about. Ten comics that weren't uh, from Marvel, like one from Dark Horse, a couple from IDW. Although My Little Pony and, uh, and <laughs> My Little po- My Little Pony's Invincible, uh, right? And Adventure Time both charged very, uh, very yeah. high. But on the graphic novel list, there was a lot more uh, variety. Image, obviously, Walking Dead, but also uh, Saga was in there, Chew was in there, um, Fatal was in there. Uh, you know, Marvel. Marvel did really poorly, <laughs> coming in at number thirty-one with a Thanos reprint. But um, anyway, a lot more variety on the Aww, graphic novel. Poor really. Marvel. How I, will they ever survive? Know, right? It's pretty. It's pretty sad. Although, if they did get the graphic novel program uh, roaring along. Imagine how much better they do. It's been an ongoing uh, yeah. sort of problem with them, particularly with the backlist, but uh, maybe they can deal with it in 2013. Yeah. We will see. Maybe they'll have a fresh start with Marvel now. Yes. <laughs> Marvel then. Well, and it's funny you should mention that, Kate. Let's talk about Marvel now. We've all been looking over these some of the initial releases. Right. And, I mean, this is kind of... Un- the New 52 was a sprawling but compressed within four weeks it was all over with whereas marvel now has been going out uh for months and months and like no one could really knows even how many titles are in marvel now and uh it's kind of uh you know yes. sp- uh, sputtering out but you know what if the sales have been very strong mm-hmm. I-, I will say mm-hmm. like uh, preliminary indications of december marvel again the number one publisher marvel now has really put them back at the number one publisher dc was uh, nipping at their sales for a little while, but the fans do seem to be responding. And based on what I saw of the titles that we looked at, I would say it's really because, uh, well, a couple of things. Number one, they really put top talent on the books. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when you look at it, uh, you know, Mark Wayne, I'm looking here, Hulk by Mark Wayne and Lin Yu, and Uncanny Avengers by uh, Rick Remender and John Cassidy. John mm-hmm. Cassidy hasn't drawn comics in years. Um you know, who else we've got here? Or Jason Aaron and Asad Ribic on four. I mean, these the are... The art on that is gorgeous. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. so impressed. I, I don't know. John oh, Romita Jr. Oh, John Romita Jr. Jr. is Captain, Captain America. America. Mike Allred Mike on Allred. SF. One of the more charming, I mean, actually, of the, yeah. of the Marvel now, which I mean, is, is, is the future foundation. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the other thing that I noticed is that they really tied these into the movie continuity, mm, especially yeah. with mm-hmm. the Avengers. It's like, uh, oh, Maria Hill, how many books could she star in? But guess what? She's a great character, and uh, you know they've picked up on, uh, why not? Why yeah, not sure, tie yes. in with uh, one of the biggest movies of all time? Although, interestingly, um, none of their Avengers lineups are bear any resemblance to the movie Avengers lineup. Well, but that's fine. That's that fine. But that's so interesting. easy, Kate. So easy. <laughs> but I guess they want to spread it out across several books, so that if if you like the movie, you have to buy like three Avengers books in order to get all of your favorite Avengers heroes. And, and I, I admit, as you know, the resident old fogey Marvel reader um, in, in this group, you know, I, I still have real problems like, dealing with the Hulk and the, and the Avengers. 
and, and with the Hulk even as a civilized like oh cow uh, you know it just doesn't work for me but, but this, the you Hulk know, isn't that civilized I'm, but I'm irrelevant to this discussion well, you so. are not irrelevant <laughs> to the discussion and I will say right here that I did not like the Hulk book yeah, I well, like the people working on it I think they're good writers and artists but for me it didn't work right. partly because I feel like it totally ignored the character's past as a personality and even visually like well, he didn't act or look I have to disagree with you on the Hulk book I, I do not like it on the, a- the AVX but go on I was going to say that I, I felt the Hulk book like if you look at it, like Bruce Banner doesn't look like that in any incarnation suddenly looks like a completely different guy he doesn't talk like that he doesn't act like that he's a com- like it's like they're just like oh who's the Hulk uh, and they did it from a Wikipedia entry or but something. You know That's what? what it felt like. But this is Marvel now. <laughs> it's not Marvel then. This is then. not Marvel then. <laughs> well, yes, but, but a lot of the others, I feel, did a better job yeah. of creating something fresh and new while still um, building on what came right. before as opposed to just sort of ignoring it. Well, if I could just jump in. Uh, with all due respect. Um, yeah, everyone has their own opinion. Uh, yeah, uh, and mine is actually, I do agree with all the stuff. You know, it doesn't really resemble the Bruce Banner that we've always thought about. But actually, I think it's a great storyline that they they resurrected yeah, I, I thought the storyline um, was a good idea. I, I just felt the, the execution was not that great. Yeah, I love the artist. Uh, I think that, you know, to me, there's much more of the Hulk as, like, out of control, in a rage, uh, big green guy, which is... You know, Hulk smash well, Cal- is what drives Calvin. me. You know, not Hulk. I mean, come on, and the, coordinated wait, let's action. Just, let's just talk about the actual concept of this Hulk number one, mm. because the idea is the Hulk goes to Maria Hill. It says, "You know what? I realize that being the Hulk is a condition, yeah. like having cancer." Th- that and bit was okay. Let me. Uh, so, yes. And he, he says, "I'm going to try to control yes. this by teaming up with Shield. So when I turn into the Hulk, Shield, you can turn me into a weapon to do things." You know, that's really going to work. I mean, come on. We. I mean, the first issue. <laughs> did, but we know the Hulk is going to Hulk out, so I think they're setting up the expectation of what you're looking for. I mean, of course, of it, you know, it's that I like. To set what I don't like it. is like the Hulk and Iron Man, you know, debating over, you know, when trading he... bombos in their in their headquarters or the. Um, well, it's okay Columbus when he's. Br- it's okay well, that's when that's he's. Whedon asked by. That's totally. So, no, 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 no. Whedon only did that when he was Banner. He did not do that when he was the Hulk. Right. The Hulk that's did not say anything that's except true. for puny God. That's, yeah, true. that's true. Yeah, well, he's like trading witticisms with. <laughs> well, well, and Green. You know what? I don't like it. <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, aside from that, uh, some other standouts we had here. I think we all liked FF. It, it's, it's just a quirky you know, fraction already. Mike Allred, what, what's not to like? Yeah. Uh, you know, I will say one of my problems, and once again, old fogey guy here, you know, the new family values, Fantastic Four, I just don't, it just, I don't get it. Now they're, they're going off for some interdimensional field trip with their, their huge brood of kids and adopted aliens. You know, I just think, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't I don't like it, but, you know, it's the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic book. Yeah, I was I was not as into that one. I mean, perhaps because of the art, the art style. Yeah, you know, it's Mark Bagley and Mark Farmer, who are great, but I, it wasn't quite to my, not as yeah. much to my taste. I mean, the Mike Allred, I just adored that it's one. Just it's, it's just a quirky oh, throwback with weird characters. And, it it, and it, it certainly makes the family concept I, I a have, lot more believable, uh, I yeah. find, than uh, their, their interdimensional field trip while he's it's searching around for superheroes to babysit Earth for four minutes while they're gone. It, that's the time yeah. differential yeah. when you travel between dimensions, in case you want to know. <laughs> um, um, 
Iron Man. Yeah, I have Big very problems. mixed feelings on Big Iron problems. Man. I couldn't yeah. get into that one. I opened it up and I closed it. The art seems to go against every um, Marvel yeah. Um, yeah. how to do it Ooh. ever. Well, it is the most static, dead on the page art. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's, Greg Land. Is, Greg Land. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting also quite that me. he, like, at least. I don't know. I mean, this is faint praise. At least when he's drawing Iron Man, Iron Man is pretty, even though he looks like an action figure. But when he's drawing Tony Stark, Tony Stark looks like some random fat dude. I don't (laughs) even understand. Like, all the women in the book are beautiful because Land loves drawing women, but Tony Stark doesn't look like Tony Stark, and Iron Man looks like he's made out of plastic, albeit very attractive plastic, which is very sad because Gillen is a very good writer, yeah, exactly. and he's trying to tell a dynamic story, and the art, while if you look at a distance, looks fine, when you try to read it, it just somehow fights the story. You just can't get into it. Uh, I agree with you. On the opposite side of the art, Captain America you know, by Rick that. Remender and John Romita. The art was great on that. Uh, amazing. No, that's I, John great. Romita Jr. and also Klaus, inker Klaus Janssen and, yes. and colorist Dean White. He is a real superstar. He I really it. makes it so dynamic. But John Romita Jr. really just he knows I, how to and draw. And the tweaks they've story. done to Cap's uniform, I think, are I mean, they're subtle, very much like the film, but they work. But it's great. It works. Yeah. Um, uh, it's I, terrific. I will say that I felt like the story went. Okay, most things I complain about when I'm like, oh, it's too decompressed, it's too decompressed, it takes five issues to get in the door. But this one, I would say, was just slightly a little too compressed, because I felt like you never had time to really get into one action, right. one scene, or one conversation, or one piece yeah, of action before right. it zooped onto yeah, the next one. Yeah. I feel like, oh, only it had like three more yeah. pages, set up, but it was set still up. decent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the dialogue. I yeah. thought there was yes. some yes. great yes. yes. um, I would give that one definitely a little rush, a, but good. An A, and I would read the next issue, you know, if, uh, number two. I'm sure it's yeah. out already. I'm not even going to look for it. Oh, so. we got, there's Thor, Thor was pretty good. I yeah. thought, you I mean. You know, I'm into it. I, it. It seems as though they're refocusing Thor on, you know, the cosmos uh, as opposed to, you know. Well, I mean, I, maybe that's been going on for a while. Well, no. I mean, I think, actually, I mean, they kind of go back and forth on mm. Thor because they want to play with both sides of him. Mm. But in this one, like, I think they're trying to get as much interest from Thor's past while still doing the future and the present. So they're actually each issue, at least so far in the current storyline, is divided with like one thing from Thor's past, one thing from the present, one thing from the future, somehow linked. Um, but since each individual little story is good and the art yeah. is gorgeous, it works I, I, and it gives you yeah. like uh, the full taste of all the Thor possibilities. Yeah, no, yeah. It, no uh, I thought that was another yeah. like intri- intriguing one and uh, a really uh, awesome artwork by a Yeah, it is. I, I don't really know if that's painted or not. I mean, I tend to not like. I don't uh, know if he did that. None of it is painted. It's, it's all rich. painted on like digitally But it's it's visually gorgeous. Yeah. And but not only pretty, but Dean good White storytelling uh-huh. art. He is a very he really has a very distinctive style. Very, um, and you know, it, it really is well suited to Thor. Too. Absolutely. Now, did any of you sample the augmented reality? No, I no. did. Yes, I did. Uh, I would characterize it as lame but promising. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, look, this is the age we live in, and uh, any little uh, digital sparkle that you can add to the comic, uh, you know, the kids just love it. Uh, the old fogies among us, you know, we fur our brows and raise our eyebrows. But in the end of the day, most of them, what you do, and you download the app, it's a free app, uh, you can download it from it's the, the app store. Right? It's for iPad and iPhone. Oh, okay. 
and uh, you basically you aim it at it. There, there is content and value throughout. All of the covers give you really a quick sort of capsule history of the character, which actually I think is good. Uh, very often using awfully, very awful motion um, comics. Yeah. Um, uh, desecrations of Jack Kirby art. Uh, I'm not that crazy about them, but I, I do think it's useful to have a, a short history of the characters. Now, the other value add is, you know, very often, really, you have to scratch your head about it. Um, in particular, although I will tell you this, and I forget her name, the editor of Thor was absolutely the most delightful one of them all. Is that Lauren? I think it is Lauren, yeah. yes. She's a yeah, delight. Yes, she is. She's like one of uh, my friends. She's well, a very delightful yes. She's probably, well, first thing she did, <laughs> and in, in, in contrast with some of the other editors, she actually, first of all, the camera shots on her making, actually making a paper mache Thor uniform as she introduces herself and what she's doing and what she does, and the artist. And then the next, the, the rest of her, of her segment, uh, is her prancing around with a paper mache uh, helmet and and hammer, and um, uh, Thor never looked so frisky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lauren, I think you have a stalker on uh, your hand. Really right. delightful. On the other hand, there is the um, I believe the artist for Thor who spent the entire time of this segment looking down at his hands. I saw, he looks like a James Eric Bond. Or, it, was either, it was either the writer or the uh, artist. Was the I, writer. I can't Jason remember Aaron. Name. Eric, Eric, yeah, yeah. Well, Eric Jason something. Aaron, he looks like um, um, a wrestler. And yeah, this Assad is a looks big like, guy. Well, that's Assad. He's okay, like, it's yeah. a big guy. But yeah, I tell you, he's been, I mean, a nice guy, I'm sure. But, you know, when the camera, occasionally you have to look up at the camera. And I'm surprised some of them didn't notice well, him. So, that said, um, got on a budget. Get, get the app, see for yourself. Um, Perhaps we should mention also the uh, 700 issue of Spider-Man. Yeah, yes. leading into uh, the Superior Spider-Man, which is part of Marvel yes. now. And mm -hmm. uh, this is an epic story oh, by yeah. uh, Dan Slott in which uh, we see the uh, personality of uh, Dr. Octopus yeah. and Spider-Man switch bodies and then Peter Parrish, Peter Parker's spirit yeah. Parrish uh, in Dr. Octopus. And uh, this was, I think we mentioned last time, a very controversial. Oh, I mean, the Marvel fan well, don't like. Oh, but none of Calvin, this. come on! Don't you, I mean, it's like just, it. okay. Oh, they're never going to bring Peter Parker oh, back. No, of I, mean, they I, are. I, I, I of will. Okay. Bring him back. okay, I, I will be devil's advocate here for the fans. I think what hurts people is not so much, "Ooh, Peter's dead," but everyone knows he's going to come back. But that somebody's going to be running around his body being a jerk to all of his friends. And so every time you see Spider-Man, everybody's going to think it's Peter, and it's going to be like, why is Peter such a jerk? <laughs> and, like, it's just going to be emotionally painful because they'll see, like, their favorite right. character being desecrated every well, week. That's, that's like when I was a kid. There'd be, a sit like, those sitcoms that were all about somebody overheard somebody saying something. Yeah. Like or, 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 you know, yes, your yeah. evil twin. Yeah. Or, you know, I can I know see. That that's kind of an annoying storyline. Well, I can see why, why people would be like. Marvel fan uh, really deep down knows that. Everything will be put to right. Right, know, they're just annoyed with a, it for now. After a few it's, sales, but I thought this. Was, I thought Spider-Man. It's creative though. Seven hundred was very well executed. I thought it was yeah. a very well yeah. done story. Interestingly, yeah. I did not read it in the print. I read it on the Comicsology version um, because I had to read it for a, another podcast. I shouldn't write and mention it, but I, I occasionally <laughs> moonlight on a competing, not a different <laughs> podcast for. Okay. Um, for uh, Comic News Insider, but uh, I read it on Comicsology app, and uh, you know their guided view technology is really very good. I mean, it oh, really yes, it opens up the story so well. Yes, 
Um, yes. You know, I think they've been doing that as kind of a selling point versus some of and the it's other very models. Subtle. I mean, and the, it is, the, but it's very effective. And, I mean, the story and, just rockets all. It's very good storytelling. And they can really come up with some cinematic effects yes. with guided view that that really work, and Absolutely. they they remain comics. Yeah, you definitely. know, and not motion. No, comics. not motion comics at all. Yeah, not at I, all. I, yeah, I, I was very impressed with the with well, the yeah. guided view technology when used to create original yes. comics. Yes, it can be can be very 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 effective. So um, anyway, I mean, overall, I mean, we're kind of just sampling. Marvel now, but I would say my sampling was very positive. I mean, I'm an old Marvel fangirl too, so I was more predisposed to like a lot of these characters. But I, I, I like the way they freshen them up with things that yeah. you would know from the movies. I you know, agree. I mean, I think to stick with something that isn't what most people know about the characters. It would be foolish, and if they can just get their trade program and what they can do and what control, they are doing is they're taking aspects of things of the characters that were already in the characters that were mentioned in the movies taking that and then also introducing a few of the extra aspects right. of them too to sort of draw people in show them a little more right. bring yeah. them into the marvel Absolutely. universe no I, I i i will return for issue twos for sure exactly for even, some of even, them i will and, return and even for issue continue two. on into you know I think I might just download them from Comixology and read them there. But uh, I'm going to avoid having physical comics in my house. But um, anyway, yes, so what's going Uh, on? All right, shall we move on? An understandable life choice. Yes. New imprints. Yes. So the year is uh, just barely underway. We're 11 days in as we record this, and already the news is starting to fl- the, the the news stream is starting to flow, nay gush again. Um, so Titan Books, which is a venerable UK publishing company, yes. kind of burst out of the dam with with a couple of stories uh, that they were starting a creator owned imprint um, with a lot of material that that's kind of been hanging around for a while. To be fair, I don't think people are creating brand new stuff for them. But well, they say but, it, they say it is, but well, they so, say some of it's new, some of, it, some is, of it is right, classics, right, much as Titan books, right, books. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, but uh, some books by Cy Spurrier, um, yes. and yes. Uh, some other folks. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anyone have that? Uh, I give me a second. I'll have it in front yeah. of me here. But um, I um, think one thing that for us old timers that really excited us was that they're going to be reprinting the First Kingdom, which is this bizarro. Yes, Jack uh, saga from yes. the '80s of proto kind of a, a mammoth, uh, yeah. you know, 800-page like tome. Uh, yeah, so um, um, I'm certainly very curious. It's to me, it's sort of a legendary book. I've never read it. I've only heard about it. You yeah, know, and read it the occasional. Well, I wouldn't get too excited about you it. You know, <laughs> well, I'm sure that there's there's the potential for disappointment, yeah. but I'm still very curious about it. And 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 it's these kinds of ventures that actually make it really great to be living now for it comics is. because. People seem to be taking chances on a lot of material that maybe would have never come back well, in print. Well, I think also the fact of the matter is that if you don't have to pay a page rate to create the new stuff and put it out, like it's pretty much made yeah. money. I yeah. mean, that is what IDW and Fantagraphics, everybody's doing all these comics for reprints. And, um, you know, these are not selling thousands and thousands and thousands of copies, but they're selling hundreds. They don't need hundreds. to. They don't need to. They're selling yes, hundreds, yes. and they're very popular. And uh, everything from, from uh, Titan Comics, that's the new imprint's name, will be um, uh, day and date. So they'll be printed. Right. Every, everything, well, put it this way. Everything will be digital. Not everything will come out in print. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So um, also Titan announced another adventure with Dave Elliott, yes, a yeah. former A1 publisher, that they're going to put out a bunch of uh, books with him mm-hmm. as well. Yes. So. Um, so on the move, Titan on the move. Yes, um, and very quickly. Uh, well, there's one something of the to put Titan into doing, that. Uh, Chronos Commandos um, uh, uh, with uh, Stuart Jennett, um, Number Cruncher by Cy Spurrier, an artist, uh, P.J. Holden, Ring of Roses. 
by Das Petru and Artist Dugwak is Dorn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also starting a new imprint is writer and editor El Torres, who is mostly known in Spanish language comics and is starting his own uh, own publisher here in the United States, um, which is largely, it appears to be, imprints from series known in the Spanish language world. Um, it's called Amigo Comics, and they say they're going to specialize in fantasy, science fiction, and horror comics. And their first title is Rogues by the creators of Nancy and Hell. Right. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I, we were just talking about how strong sales were for comics in 2012, but people have not really been launching new periodical companies, so already two new kind of ventures in that format. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, a lot more to come. In well, that. Their, their plan is that they are going to publish first online in digital mm-hmm. comics, and then later this year will come out with right. issues in print. Right. Titan is a smorgasbord of everything. Yeah. They're doing yeah. monthly comics, they're doing original graphic novels, they're going to collect the, the, the monthly comics, it's digital only, Day and date, so... Looks like they're experimenting with a lot of things. And they're they're also um, aggressively acquiring material, um, so there's there's even more material coming than they're they're announcing. uh, Right. Right. Well, more to come on that, for sure. And speaking of uh, publishing, (laughs) like uh, the return of an old friend, although in a mysterious guise, because apparently Tokyo Pop is not dead. Yes, yeah. Well, I discovered that uh, when I was at Frankfurt. Tokyo Pop, Germany, is flourishing. But this is this is this is for Tokyo Pop North America, I assume. Right. Um, he, he's back in some small. Way. Right, and I, I basically the the website is up and running again. They are selling some of their titles that they still have the license to. So mostly the ones that they own, their OEL comics, um, through Right Stuff, I believe. Right, and aren't they doing uh, some Right Stuff and. Um, was well, even the nerd? They were, they were hosted on the Nerdist website, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Well, they're aligned, but Nerdist. Nerdist is kind of yes. Yeah, they're hosting. kind of aligned. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't. Yeah. But they, they, they were sort of there were sort of rumblings about this because the Tokyo Pop um, Twitter account sort of right. came back, but really as a kind of pop culture commentary, right. uh, just about the latest trends and stuff in otaku culture around the world, uh, but. But there have been rumblings that in, indeed that the, the Tokyo Pop titles will be back on the market. I actually emailed uh, Stu a little bit about this, and uh, he sort of backed off from saying Tokyo Pop was back. But he is doing some interesting things with POD Publishing. We'll see where that goes. Uh, apparently, most of the Japanese publishers are not really that interested right. in POD. So um, I, I think I mean the one thing they were trying to do was continue Hotelia, which is yes, very popular. Yes. So they were doing print yes. on demand for right. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and he had uh, done some earlier releases yeah. of that at, in strictly a digital form. Right. But uh, I think uh, I think a lot of the, I think there's digital available for yeah. these titles through, right. um, through graphically. Right oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, right I think stuff. It's through right stuff and through graphically. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, it's not really a booming mm. time for manga in general. So um, you know, not being back is probably a pretty smart move. <laughs> but this is a good way to plug our upcoming feature on the state of manga publishing, which Bridget Alverson uh, is writing for us, and you can see that sometime in February. So you can you know, once again more to come. Yes, uh, we're going to look at this. Uh, we're going to look at the manga space. Uh, and really try to see what's out there, what's happening. Um, uh, let's see. So uh, Tokyo Pop uh, is sort of back, and we'll have more more to come. There'll be more to come on that. 
And um, now the return of a very old story indeed. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, there was a very interesting ruling today in the, uh, what was this, in the, the Ninth Circuit. Uh, I get all of the circuits mi- mixed up. But basically it was a ruling in favor of DC Comics. In well, their, Warner Brothers. Well, excuse me. Warner Brothers slash yeah. DC Comics in uh, their long-running copyright battle with the, uh, the Sequel and Schuster heirs, uh, the creators of Superman. Um, as it stands now, um, the uh, the court ruling that the heirs had won in 2008 uh, looks really in jeopardy. Well, it's not in jeopardy. It's been vacated. It's really over. It's been yes, vacated. Really, yes, this, really was pretty much, vacated. this was pretty much the final yeah. ruling. Basically, yes. the, the judge said that the 2008 ruling in, in which... Uh, the Siegel heirs had recaptured their form yes, yes. of the copyright uh, was reached in error because there was a pre-existing 2001 agreement that the family had made with DC Comics. And this is not a, a crappy deal. I mean, they do get quite a bit of money uh, in this 2001 deal, but they had gone for the copyright recapture, which they had won in 2008. Uh, and lawyer Mark Toberoff coming under a little bit of second guessing here that perhaps at that time there could have uh, been a more favorable sentiment. But uh, he kind of was going through the uh, for the jugular and hoping that the family would get the, their rights to Superman back, setting up a really huge battle. Um, and uh, the court said, no, that is not going to happen. And so basically the families are going to end up with a settlement that is fairly favorable, but uh, Warner Brothers and DC will control Superman for all times. I mean, the case seemed to uh, uh, really... Uh, uh, Really, focus on uh, on something called the termination right. That basically, of which there are two kinds. That basically allows authors to reclaim their copyrights after a certain number of years. The the notion that you could reassign those term term those termination rights to this new entity, Pacific Pictures, that's partly controlled by the heirs and partly by Tobruk. The court the courts really threw that out. Right. So um, yeah. So the heirs at the end of the day will do just fine. But uh, it really is setting up uh, a war between Warner Brothers and Total. total yeah, well, the, he um, could be liable for uh, a lot of money in well, um, years of legal expenses. Legal expenses, and also there is an odd. He did not. I don't think he did. The judge did not throw out the suit against no. uh, Toberoff. That is still no, ongoing. No. And um, you know, he has definitely Toberoff is the either the uh, loser of the day or the jackass of the day, or uh, he's pretty controversial. I'm hearing a lot of people saying that he should not have gone so far with this lawsuit and it really wastes a lot of time energy you know joanne siegel jerry's widow the basis for lois lane she died in the middle of this um i don't mm-hmm. think it could be said that she was satisfied with where this lawsuit was or the treatment of superman was when she died i mean there was a letter a very touching letter that she mm-hmm. wrote before she died and uh, her daughter uh took on the the mantle of the battle and um so i mean i think you know this is a long time feud or, you know, feelings that go back 70 years, yeah. really. Well, you know, one of the interesting things, just reading the briefs, and, and this, and I'm not commenting on the, the fairness, obviously, uh, the heirs, uh, we all know the story of how uh, Superman was was created and, and sold to DC Comics, but the, the, the um, reading the brief, you, you, you are struck by the, um, you know, the, 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 the amount of financial support for the heirs that has come out of DC Comics. Right. Uh, it's starting somewhere in 1975 and right. through the 90s. Right. Um, and there's still more to come uh, under the agreement right. that uh, the court ruled on. So, right. So, and I mean, just to answer some 
uh, questions is like, you know, the one, this is an appeals court, so, you know, could it go to the Supreme Court? Um, according to my own legal expert, Jeff Trexler, who's been carrying, uh, covering the story very closely, he wrote a, a piece for The Beat, but he explained that because of the kind of ruling that this was, it was like, I, I forget what the term was, but it's yes, kind of like they just wrote a little paper and said, yeah. you know what, that other thing was shit. So, um, oh, pardon my language. Yes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, just in layman's terms. So uh, that is the kind of ruling that the Supreme Court n almost never takes up because there's not really that much, um, con you know, there's not that much to be settled. So, so it's it's this, it's not this, a president setting. Yeah, yeah president. it's sort of like is, a memorandum on yeah, a, on a, a, on a yes. variety of legal points, and they yeah, have to yeah. straighten so out. So this is kind of forward. it for the for the. This is pretty much the the end of the road. Mm. Uh, and uh, a very nice summation of a very complex case. Yes. Uh, yes. By the way. Yes. And hopefully we will not. Be covering this story again, except to say, "Yay! How nice the settlement is." Perhaps. Yes. 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 All right. Okay, and now it's time for the briefs. The characters immortalized in the new Fifty Two comic, Justice League Dark, including such Vertigo classics as Zatanna and Const and John Constantine, are now scheduled to appear in a new movie by Guillermo del Toro called. Dark Universe, and he is planning to include characters such as Swamp Thing, Zatara, the Demon, Dead Man, and the Spectre, as well as, of course, John Constantine and Zatanna. Uh, more on that later, but if anyone can do it, it's Guillermo del Toro. That's right, yeah. that's right. Sounds promising, although he does have like 90 projects. He does have 90 months. projects, that's so, true. But, um, you know, let the... But he might end up being producer of someone else. Yeah, but let the, del, let the Del Toro magic, you yeah, know, wave over this book, idea. So he, he might be able to find some time in his busy You know, I think way more important, actually, that who's going to make this movie. It's just the idea that Warner Brothers is, is attempting to make this movie because <laughs> their movies, their superhero movie slate, is just so far behind. It's really very it's, bare. It's kind of, it's just an ongoing going joke and there's so many reasons for this that you know, yeah this could it's be like they're having so much trouble and then they're like well the only one that's that does well is batman so i know we're going to have a dark superman right movie. right but i mean they have all these characters like but, but all they ever use right, is batman I, and superman right, but i'm just saying it's like you know they're trying to take these characters yes. swamp thing and constantine who have existing already been in movies i mean they're, they're not completely yes, unknown yeah, actually, yeah. you know i mean zatanna everybody loves a lady a magician in a fishnet stockings and a top hat i mean she is a, a natural so i mean they are tempting to take some yes, of their characters and which they should in do. a new format because marvel as as the joke goes marvel's making you know a movie like dc can't get a wonder woman uh project off the ground and Ro marvel's making a movie about rocket raccoon so you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it'll be a big hit anyway. and speaking of long anticipated things finally coming true marvel comics it's finally bringing their Marvel Digital Unlimited service to tablets. For years, they had this online digital subscription service where you could go and you could read vast numbers of their back issues for one set price per month or year, your choice. But if you wanted to read them on a tablet, where really, arguably, they would read a lot better than on your computer screen, you would have to buy the issues individually. You couldn't use Marvel Digital Unlimited yeah. on a tablet. But now... Now they have started a, uh, it's in beta, a HTML-based version of Marvel Digital Unlimited with an app for a variety of tablets. So, you know, free cheers. Digital. 
you know, web apps are you know don't work quite as well as native apps, but this is a good step. And, it's it's better know, than nothing, you yeah, know. And it'll only get better because there are a lot of irritated fans who'd be like, "I bought a tablet. Oh wait, I can't use my subscription." Right, right, right. Um, and speaking of digital comics online in HTML format, Icky Paradise, the Japanese website of Shigakukan's monthly Icky manga magazine, has now added a web manga serialization feature called Web Icky Para Comic, and it is delivering a new installment of new manga every Friday for free. And most of these are only in Japanese, but one of them, Show Shibamoto's Pandemonium Wizard Village, which uh, launched on January 11th, is appearing in both Japanese and English simultaneously. And you can follow it as it comes out free on their website. Simultaneous is the new Simultaneous, it's, 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 like, the words simultaneous and free are yeah. magical. Yeah. Simultaneous is the, is the new OEL. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sort of. Sort of. And speaking of it came from the web, Ethan and Malachi Nicole's comic Axe Cop, that is to say, the comic about a cop with an axe who fights various improbable things that was imagined by a five-year-old, is now coming to to Fox as an animated series, and it will be launching on July 27th. And the cast includes Nick Offerman, otherwise known as Parks and Recreation's Ron Swanson, uh, Megan Mullally, Patton Oswalt, and many more. Wow. For 11-minute episodes. What a country. July 27th. I wonder if they'll be at Comic-Con to promote this one. Gosh, I wonder. Gee, that would be really good if they could do that. I think it's a good... good Somebody should send them a letter and suggest it. Yeah, I know. Let's see. Yeah. Let's give him a helping hand. Anyway, you know, there's some other uh, uh, yes. There's other shows in this Fox block, by the way. That I think Ben Jones uh, of Paper Rad has a show in this uh, new Adult Fox block, whatever it's called. Um, Jacques Tardy, the acclaimed French comics creator, creator of Adelaide Blanc Sec, War in the Trenches, among many others, was offered France's highest honor, the Legion of Honor. And he has refused it, saying, I quote, Being fiercely attached to my freedom of thought and creativity, I do not want to receive anything from this government or from any other political power whatsoever. I am therefore refusing this medal with the greatest determination. Wow, what a guy. I mean, he is an amazing, amazing cartoonist and, you know, with a body of work that's incredible. And, and you know, it's nice to see somebody of his stature making a stand, although... I guess he feels that if he organized civilization. I mean I guess he feels like if he accepts an award from them that he's then somehow endorsing them. I think there might have been some kind of uh, loss in translation here. But it's it's okay to Live under the security of the uh, French. I mean, well, no, I, mean, I, I can understand the difference. I mean, look, I mean, state. My question is, Jacques Tardy, when there is a prowler at your house, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> but I, I think there's a difference between. You them with great determination. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yes. again, to. to he runs out of the house with great determination. <laughs> okay, just to give an alternate perspective, it might be like the French equivalent of the various. British celebrities and um, 
statesmen and so on over the years who have refused, you know, knighthoods yes, and memberships yes, of the absolutely. British Empire and so on because not because they are renouncing their country, but because they are irritated with the current government right. or right. do not approve. I mean, of there's the a law. I mean, there is a long um, heritage. Of this is just an unusual case. Yes. It's, well, it's unusual because it's cartoonist. I mean, I think a cartoonist getting the Legion of Honor is yeah, so pretty like, rare. So it's, it's pretty rare. Down is a little the, bit the, of a the, well, yeah, it's the, the true. category could use the award. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? We he's a great cartoonist. No doubt, whether he gets an award or not. You know, the person to ask about this would be Kim Thompson. So perhaps yes. I'll email him yes, and yes, find yes. out he what can, the real deal is. Because he would definitely know. Yeah. So, And there will be more to come. There will yes, be more and, to and come. in fact, there is more to come at publisherswithly.com slash comics. Yes. So check us out. Oh, because there sure is. Every day. That's right. Check us out and come All back right. in two weeks well, for our next episode. 2013, yeah. off to a start.